Let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. In December 2016, three men entered a print shop in Abuja, Nigeria. They ordered 25,000 copies of a poster that read, Kill All Christians! Above the message was the unmistakable logo of the infamous terrorist organization, Boko Haram. When the owner of the shop, Keode Adewumi, saw the poster, he knew it meant trouble. As a born-again Christian, the message was not only horrifying, but it was also personal. If he printed these posters, he would be complicit in the evil of Boko Haram. But if he refused, he knew his life would be in danger. Keode shut down the press and declined the job. But a short time later, three armed men broke into his home one night and threatened his family. The Adewumi family fled Abuja, but Boko Haram tracked them down. Facing imminent death and hunted by terrorists, Keode and his family needed a reset. So in June 2017, the Adewumi family fled Nigeria and became refugees in the United States. They ended up in New York City, thinking that life could begin again in a land of promise. But even in the U.S., their hardship and suffering didn't end. Family and friends they'd counted on failed to help them get on their feet. They ended up living in a homeless shelter, with Keode and his wife separated from their two sons. They worked long hours at low-paying jobs and struggled to make ends meet. When they thought they had found a way out by migrating to America, things only got worse. The Adewumi family was facing a storm so serious it threatened to destroy their faith. Yet despite the trials they faced, the family kept their commitment to God. When they needed a reset, they began with a reset of faith. We believe that God is in control, Toyin, Coyote's wife, said. Everybody must have challenges in life. There will be challenging times. But God is on his throne, Coyote said. That's what really saved us. We believe that when we have God, we have everything. And God saw their faith and saw them through. Even in the dark and lonely place, even in the storm, God was with them working things out to reset their lives. The reset for the Adewumi family came from an unexpected source, their eight-year-old son, Tani. Tani started attending a public school in New York and decided he wanted to learn to play the game of chess. So with his mother's blessing, Tani joined the chess club at school and started learning how to play. When Tani first started out, he wasn't very good at chess. In fact, he was in last place in his local school. But with God's blessing and his determination, Tani quickly improved. He rose to become the top chess player at his school and was entered into a regional competition in New York. Through faith and hard work, Tani kept improving. Then, in March 2019, Tani Adewumi competed in the New York State Chess Championship. He went up against some of the top student chess players in America, and Tani went undefeated to win the top prize. But Tani not only won the chess championship, he also won the hearts of the people of New York. The story of the refugee boy who overcame all odds to win at chess was picked up by the writer Nicholas Kristof at America's third largest newspaper, the New York Times. 
Connie's story soon went viral, and donations started pouring in to help the Adewumi family reset their lives. In fact, 24 hours after Tani's story went public, the Adewumi family was given a beautiful flat to live in free of charge. To date, over 250,000 U.S. dollars has been donated to the family. The Adewumi family has been able to resettle and reset their lives. There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the inspiring true story of the Adewumi family. No matter how dark the night or how strong the storm, you can experience a reset in your life when you stay strong in your faith. When you stay committed to God's plan, he will never let you down. He will turn every storm into success. He will turn every struggle into strength. That's the powerful message in our sermon today. By God's grace, we're going to discover how you can reset your faith from now till the end of the year so that you can reset your life. But before we learn more, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that you are with us no matter what we are passing through today. I thank you by faith that no matter the storm, no matter the trial or the struggle, your presence overcomes fear and doubt and gives us peace that passes understanding. Today, we praise you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you are able to reset our lives as we reset our faith. So speak to us today. We submit to you. We bind every voice that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit to speak truth to our lives and to give us the grace to obey you as we reset our faith. We thank you by faith now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment and join your faith with mine right now. Begin to reset your faith by putting your hands on your chest and praying along with me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome once again to Truth For Today. God bless you for joining me on today's broadcast as we begin a brand new sermon series titled 40 Days to Reset Your Life. We're on a countdown to the end of this year. So over the next 40 days, we're going to learn the valuable keys to reset your life so you can finish this year strong and enter 2022 ready to reach your destiny. Now, to help us learn the truth for today, we're going to study a famous story from the Bible that will show us all how to reset our lives when we reset our faith. We're going to let the Apostle Peter teach us from his own reset as we discover three steps to reset your faith. Now, receive the word of the Lord from Matthew 14, 22 to 33. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, Jesus said. I am here. Then Peter called him. 
Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I don't know about you, but I love Peter. I love reading about his faith and his failures. I love seeing how he grew in his faith. No matter what happened in Peter's life, he never gave up. He kept living the life of faith, and he eventually became a great apostle. And that encourages me. You see, Peter didn't have perfect faith. His failures are an example to us. His highs and lows, his ups and downs, teach us how to overcome. If Peter had been perfect in faith, we would not learn from him. It's the fact that Peter is so much like you and I that makes the lessons hit home. It's the fact that Peter is sometimes weak, like us, that gives us hope. If God could use Peter, God can use me. If God could perfect Peter's faith, he can perfect mine and yours. So today, let's take a closer look at this story as we discover the three steps to reset your faith. And here's your first step today. Reset your faith by committing to God's plan. Our story begins in verse 22 with these words. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. This was not a casual suggestion. This was not something optional. Jesus gave Peter and the disciples a very clear, very straightforward command. He insisted, get into the boat and cross the lake. So when Peter and the disciples got into the boat and started across the lake, they knew they were in the will of God. They knew that they were fulfilling their destiny. They knew that God himself had directed them. And I can imagine that they started out with joy and happiness. They were probably singing and laughing. We're in the will of God. God is on our side. God has called us. God has chosen us. God has commissioned us. Hallelujah. We're going to the other side of the lake and nothing can stop us. If God says yes, no man can say no. But something happens on their way to their destiny. As they're going in obedience to the will of God, suddenly a storm arises and tries to knock them off course. A powerful wind begins to blow. Waves begin to rock the boat. And without any warning, Peter and the disciples are in trouble on the lake. Listen to Matthew 14, 24. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. We don't know for sure, but I can imagine that not only are they in trouble, but trouble is in them. Not only is there a storm on the outside, there must have been a storm on the inside as well. They must have begun to doubt if they'd heard Jesus correctly. They must have begun to doubt if they were in his will. They weren't expecting a storm on their way to their destiny. 
And that's how it is for most of us today. We often think that if we're in God's will, it will be smooth sailing all the way to our destination. We think if we've heard from God and we're following his ways, then everything is going to work out perfectly. But the fact is, just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's not the will of God. The disciples heard Jesus clearly. He told them to get into the boat and cross to the other side. He told them, I will meet you over there. They already had a word from God that they were going to make it through. But nevertheless, a storm arose on their way. In spite of the fact that they were in God's will and going God's way, they met trouble. But the fact is, your faith will be tested. That's why later in life, Peter himself would write to us these words in 1 Peter 4.12. Dear friends, don't be surprised. Tell your neighbor, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Peter understood that faith will be tested. He learned it on the lake, and he learned it all through life. And he writes to us today in his epistle and says, don't be surprised. Instead, he tells us to rejoice because these trials are going to work for your good. They're going to draw you closer to Christ and bring you into greater glory. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Tested faith leads to trusted faith. Deep valleys develop deep faith. Fire forges fiery faith. In order to get a faith that can be trusted, you have to have a faith that has been tested. And Peter joins me today in speaking to you. The difficulty in your marriage right now is not a sign that you miss God. It's a sign that he's working in you to strengthen your faith to assure you of your destiny. The difficulty in your business right now is not because God is not in it or he didn't call you to it. The difficulty in your business right now is a momentary trial to test and strengthen your faith. The difficulty in your relationships, in your finances, in your ministry, in your present situation are not a sign that God has forsaken you. They are part of the journey that you must encounter as you follow Jesus Christ. You may be in a storm, but the storm doesn't need to be in you. Don't allow outward circumstances to determine your inner peace. God will keep you in the storm when you reset your faith. That's the truth we see in what David said in Psalm 23, 3-4. Listen to his words. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And when we get to those words about the valley of the shadow of death, we're tempted to stop and say, wait a minute, David. I thought you said God was leading you in paths of righteousness. How did you go from paths of righteousness to walking through the valley of the shadow of death? But the fact is, the path of righteousness will sometimes take you through the valley of the shadow of death. The path of commitment to God can lead you straight into a storm. But the good news is this. No matter what you face, you don't face it 
alone. No matter what storm there is around you, you don't need to fear. For David continues his psalm like this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I came to tell you today that God is with you. When you're committed to his will and you're walking in his ways, then he is with you. He's with you in the storm. He's watching over you. He cares for you. And he will not allow any evil to triumph in your life. In fact, not only is God with you and watching over you, he's going to use that storm to strengthen your faith. He's going to use that storm to build you up and bless you. Somebody say amen. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of a man in Nebraska, USA. On Monday, April 15th, 2019, a man began suffering a heart attack at his workplace. The situation was critical, and an ambulance was called to carry the man to the hospital. But in the ambulance, his situation grew worse. His heart began racing at 200 beats per minute. It looked as if he might not make it. The doctors on board the ambulance were doing everything they could to stabilize the man, but nothing was working. And then, to make matters worse, the ambulance hit a bad patch of road that was marred by big potholes. If the driver slowed down, it would delay the trip to the hospital. So the driver had no choice but to go into the potholes full speed ahead. And when the ambulance hit the potholes with speed, Something miraculous happened. The man's heart suddenly returned to a normal rhythm. The rapid beating stopped. His heart resumed normal function, and the man fully recovered because they hit a pothole. That's why I declare to you today that God is going to use every pothole in your life for your good. He's going to use every storm in your life for your good. If you'll stay in faith, your faith will get stronger through the hard times. That's why Peter wrote in his first epistle, So be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Peter faced the storm, and he survived by the grace of God. And that's part of what made him the great apostle that did exploits for God. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. The storm didn't come to sink you. The storm came to strengthen you. When you pass through a strong storm, you will come out with a strong faith. For there's always a purpose in the pain. God always has a plan in the problem. And that's why today you need to reset your faith and remain committed in the storm. Faith believes that no matter what, God is going to use that storm to bring about good. That's the promise we find in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, 
but the things we cannot see will last forever. Do not doubt. Do not fear. No matter how hard things get, God is going to produce greater glory from your trouble than what you see now. Take courage. Reset your faith and commit to God's plan. That brings us to our second truth today. Reset your faith by being courageous in the storm. Listen to what happened next for Peter in Matthew 14, verses 25 and 27. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. Everybody say, take courage. I am here. And that's the same message Jesus has for all of us as we wrap up this year. When you're caught in a storm, take courage, for he is with you. No matter what you face, you have every reason to be courageous because courage is not based on your situation. Courage is based on his presence. Courage comes from Jesus' authority, not your ability. And that's good news because Jesus has all authority. Listen to his words in Matthew 28, 18 to 19. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Since he has all authority, I can have courage in every situation I face. That's the lesson we can learn from what happened to 10-year-old Willie Myrick from Atlanta, USA. On the evening of March 31st, 2014, little Willie Myrick was playing in front of his house when suddenly a man drove up and stopped his car. The stranger got out of his car and walked over to where Willie was playing. The man held out some cash money and offered it to Willie. But when the young boy walked over to take the cash, the man grabbed him, threw him into the back of his car, and drove away. Ten-year-old Willie Myrick had just been kidnapped. At first, the boy panicked. The man was yelling at him and cursing, and Willie was afraid the man was going to hurt him. So Willie cowered in the back of the car, shivering in fear. But then, in the middle of his worst nightmare, Willie suddenly remembered what he had learned at church. No matter what happens, God is always with us. So Willie decided to start singing one of his favorite songs, the gospel song, Every Praise. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with one accord. Shut up, the man shouted at Willie. Stop singing that. But nothing could stop Willie from praising God. So he just kept singing. God, my Savior. God, my healer. For nearly three hours, Willie kept singing every praise. And the more he sang, the bolder he got. And the more he sang, the more frustrated the kidnapper became. Finally, the kidnapper couldn't stand the praises any longer. He stopped the car and ordered Willie, get out! Willie ran to a nearby house and got help. The police came, and Willie was rescued and taken back home, delivered by the power of God. There's a powerful lesson for all of us today in the amazing true story of Willie Myrick. No matter what you're facing right now, when you respond with faith, God will deliver you. You may never be kidnapped, but every one of us will be put in situations that will test our faith. Every one of us will need to reset our faith in order to overcome and get to our destiny. 
For the fact is, when the enemy wants to kidnap your destiny, faith gives every praise to God. When the enemy wants to steal your joy, faith gives every word of worship to our God. When the enemy wants to rob you of peace and beat you up and frustrate your plans, faith keeps on singing praise. And just like Willie, faith is inside every child of God. Your faith simply needs to be reset so it can send praises up to God. And when faith sends praise to God, God sends deliverance down to you. You can be courageous in faith right now because of Jesus' authority. But not only does faith in his authority bring you deliverance, his authority results in your assignment. When Jesus said he had all authority, the next thing he says is, go! The result of his authority is your assignment. And here's what that means for you in the coming year. Don't base your goals for 2022 on your own ability. Don't base your goals for your future on the level of your own strength. Base your goals for the new year on Jesus' position of power and authority. For the Bible says in Ephesians 1, 21 to 22, Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And when you let Jesus' power and authority be the measure of your faith, you will never doubt again. You will do exploits in 2022. That's what happened to Peter. Peter could walk on water because of Jesus' authority. You see, in Matthew 14, 29, Jesus said, yes, come. And with that word, Peter had supernatural ability. With that word of authority from Jesus, power entered Peter to do what he couldn't do on his own. And so the Bible says, so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. Peter walked on water. Hey! And here's what that means for you and me. Jesus' authority results in your ability. If Jesus put it on you, he will put the strength in you. If Jesus calls you, he will carry you. If he said do it, then he's got a way for you to do it. So let the omnipotence of God be the measure of your expectation. That's why faith is courageous. Faith steps out of the boat and walks on water because his authority gives me ability to complete my assignment. And that's why your goals for your life must not be based on what you can do in your own power and strength. Don't aim for what you can do. Aim for what you can only do with Jesus. If you're able to accomplish your vision in your own natural strength, with your own natural abilities and education, then your vision is too small. If your vision can only be accomplished with God's involvement, then you have a vision that pleases God. For Matthew 19, 26 tells us, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. And to get where you want to go, you need to rely on the supernatural power of God. What you can achieve on your own won't get you where you want to go. God can accelerate you into new realms when you reset your faith and release the supernatural God has promised. 
Be courageous in prayer. Start asking for bigger things. Stop praying for God just to keep you and be with you. He's already with you. Start praying for God to use you to change your nation. Start praying for God to raise you to new levels for his glory. Be courageous in business. Stop hesitating in fear and start stepping out in faith. Be courageous in witness. Start preaching to others. Start proclaiming Jesus at work, at school, everywhere you go. Be courageous in giving. Start giving like you're rich. Start tithing like your salary is double. Tithe as if you already have that promotion. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. To reset your faith, start doing what you can with what you have, where you are, and trust God to do what you cannot do yourself. You can't walk on water if you won't get out of the boat. Take a step of faith today. Get out of the boat. Leave your comfort zone and step out onto the water. Walk towards Jesus by faith one step at a time. Start praying for the sick. Start telling people about Jesus. Start giving beyond your normal giving. Start praying beyond your once-a-day prayer. Start reading your Bible more than once a week. Get up and get doing for God. See, that's the problem with so many people. They see the destiny, but they don't see the daily duty. They see the finish line, but they don't see the first step. They're so focused on winning, they don't focus on walking. And that's what happened to Peter. See, the Bible tells us Peter started walking on the water, but then as he got going, he lost sight of the Savior. He started looking at the storm, and he got lost. When Peter got caught up with the wrong focus, he lost his footing. When Peter saw the storm, he lost his steam. When Peter took his eyes off of the next step towards Jesus, he fell into the sea. But the good news is, that's not the end of the story. And that brings us to our third step, to reset your faith. Reset your faith and complete your journey. Listen to how our story ends in verses 31 to 32. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. So here's the thing about Peter. He had to climb back in the boat to complete his journey. If he didn't climb back into the boat, he would never have been in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. If he didn't climb back into the boat, he would never have become an apostle. If he didn't climb back into that boat, he would never have written part of the New Testament. He would never have healed the crippled man at the gate in Acts 3. He would never have raised Dorcas back to life in Acts 9. And here's what we can learn from Peter. Your future success is based on how you handle failure today. Because Peter climbed back up into the boat, God kept working in his life. Because Peter climbed back up into the boat, God was able to use his failure to teach him greater lessons. Because Peter didn't quit, God brought him through the storm. A few years later on, this same Peter, who feared the storm, became so bold for Jesus, he amazed the world. Listen to what the Bible says about this same Peter in Acts 4.13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And Peter became a bold man of God because he climbed back into the boat after he failed. 
And that's how it is for us. To get where God wants you tomorrow, you have to climb back into the boat today. Think about how hard it must have been for Peter to climb back into that boat. Don't you think Peter faced shame? Don't you think he may have felt awkward? He was wet. The other disciples were staring at him. Judas probably laughed at him and said, Hey, guys, get Peter a towel. Peter is shivering because he's soaking wet. Everybody knew it. Everybody saw it. Everybody was a witness. Peter blew it. He failed. Peter fell into the water and was drowning. And I can imagine that the other disciples were thinking Jesus would sack Peter on the spot. They must have been planning to take over his position. But that's not what happened. Because when Peter climbed back up into the boat, Jesus was there with him to see him complete his journey. See, other people may give up on you, but if God is not finished with you, then he's still going to see you through. And the good news for all of us is that God never gives up on us. God never quits on us. Even when we fall, he's right there to pick us up and get us back into the boat. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of a man named Scott Marr. On December 12, 2018, Scott's son Drew came home to find his father unconscious. He was still breathing, but he'd slipped into a coma. They rushed Scott Marr to the hospital where he was placed on a breathing machine. The doctors did what they could to save Scott, but it seemed impossible. He'd suffered a stroke, and it looked as if there was no chance for him to come back to life. So the doctors told the family that Scott was brain dead. With no hope of recovery, Scott's family decided to take him off the breathing machine and let him die in peace. They said goodbye, and they let him go. But then something miraculous happened. When the doctors removed the machines from Scott that were keeping him alive, he didn't die. He kept on breathing. And then, to everyone's surprise, Scott woke up from his coma. He started talking. He started smiling. He started living again. Listen to his words. This whole thing has been a miracle from God, Scott says. I believe with all my heart. And now, this is just proof for me that everything I've ever heard is true. God loves me. God is right there for me. Everybody gave up on Scott Marr. They pulled the plug and planned his funeral. But God wasn't finished. And God's not finished with you. No matter what has happened, don't give up on God. You may fall short. You may get wet. You may temporarily lose sight in the storm. Everybody may give up on you and leave you for dead. But climb back up into the boat. For faith never gives up. And the fact is, when you walk in faith, sometimes you're going to get wet. You may step out in faith and lose courage and fall, but do not give up. Complete the journey. Stay in faith. Jesus is going to get you to your destination. If you believe it, say amen. For the truth is, God can do more with a wet Peter than a dry Judas. I'd rather be a wet Peter climbing back into the boat with Jesus than a dry Judas sitting and doing nothing. 
I may not be perfect. I may not always get it right, but I'm going to keep climbing back up into the boat. I'm going to keep fighting the fight of faith. Sometimes I may stumble, and sometimes I may fall, and sometimes I may get wet, but I am not giving up. I'm climbing back up into the boat with Jesus, and I'm going to keep going. I won't turn back. I won't let go. I won't sink in the storm. I'm climbing back up. I may be wet, but I'm not defeated. I may be wet, but I'm not going under. I may be wet, but I won't quit. And as long as I keep climbing back into the boat, I will complete my journey. That's why the Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you. Faith doesn't give up. Faith keeps going. Faith completes the journey. Faith will carry you home. Faith gets results. That's why the Apostle Paul admonishes us in Hebrews 6, 11, and 12 with these words. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So don't give up on God, for he will never give up on you. Jesus lifted Peter, got him back in the boat, and when they got back into the boat, the wind stopped. The storm settled. They reached their destination. Jesus took him all the way to where he needed to go. God is going to complete his work in you. He's going to complete what he started in you. If you don't give up, if you'll stay in faith, he's going to work it out and bring you to a successful end. That's his promise in Philippians 1.6. God is the one who began this good work in you. And I am certain that he won't stop before it is complete on the day that Christ Jesus returns. And I declare to you today, God is going to finish what he started in you. He's going to bring you through the storm and perfect that which concerns you. God has started a good work in you and he will complete it. So reset your faith today. Get committed to God's will. Get courageous and step out of the boat. Complete the journey and keep fighting the fight of faith. We're down to the last 40 days of 2021. It's been a tough year for many of us. But this is not the time to give up. This is not the time to quit. This is the time to reset your faith and press into victory. God is still on his throne. He's still working in you and through you and for you. And you will complete this year in victory and enter the new year in victory when you reset your faith. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we thank you so much for this day, for the encouragement we get from Peter. Even his failure teaches us that there's always a way back when we stay close to you. Help us today to be committed to your plan for our lives, no matter the storm. Help us to be courageous, no matter what we see or hear outwardly. Help us, Lord, to believe in you and reset our faith, knowing that you will complete a good work in us when we don't give up. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 
Well, I want to encourage you to continue with me all throughout these 40 days so that you can experience a reset in your life. And to help you on your journey, I've prepared a daily guide for the last 40 days of this year. You can find the daily guide every day on all my social media platforms, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course on my website. Check in with me every day as we count down to 2022. And don't forget, along with the daily guide, you can also download the sermon notes and a daily devotional for every sermon I preach. As we go through these 40 days to reset your life together, you can use the sermon notes and the daily devotional to keep the truth active and alive in your life. Next week, I'll be preaching the sermon, Reset Your Goals. Be sure to join me and be sure to share this broadcast with your family and friends. They will thank you and God will bless you. Well, thanks for joining me today. May God in his love be with you. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House, New Testament Church in East Lagon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30, 9.30 or 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience. We're here